What's going on, brother? How are you, man? Hanging in there, bro. I mean, dealing with this just like everyone else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, likewise, man. Likewise. How about you? How are you doing? Same, man. Just trying to survive, bro. Just doing uh, doing what I can to, you know, better myself and try to stay healthy and uh, productive. So that's why I came up with this idea. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to utilize, you know, all my, I guess I have like this really, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to, you know, describe my, my passion for learning new things and, and, uh, Oh, I hear you there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And talking to people. Yeah. And I've been doing it, you know, I do it all the time with people at work and stuff and, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I want to talk to like all my old friends and stuff because I have such a eclectic group of friends and everybody does different things. And, and now I'm in the medical field and I'm doing healthcare and stuff, which I never would have thought I'd be doing, bro. So, I right. just, but I was like, let me start with Ronnie, man, because you're somebody that I've always admired. And uh, the last time we had a conversation, it was a very long time ago. And this was before you even... Um, this is before you started like jet setting out there, man, and playing your music, bro. And I remember sitting down, I was parked somewhere in Weston and uh, we were on the phone talking for a little bit and you were just telling me about guitaring and, and, you know, life and stuff and you were dealing with stuff and I was dealing with stuff. And then uh, all of a sudden, bam, like you just, there you were. All of a sudden I'm watching you in different places all over the fucking world. Uh, It's crazy how that happens, huh? Uh, Yeah, man. My mantra, envision and you will manifest, dude. I, I guess just really see it clearly in your mind. And, you know, if you focus on that, you can you can achieve whatever, you, you know, you set yourself to it. You just have to believe in it first. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't make it happen if it, you don't yeah. believe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I get it. So, yeah, it was crazy. I'm very lucky. You know, I got to do it before all this, yeah. all yeah. this happened. I was about uh, to say that. I was about to say that. Yeah. I, now, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, because of the whole pandemic and everything mm-hmm. that's been kind of just, you know, halted. Yeah. You know, we can't, obviously we can't do live shows anymore and concerts and tour yeah. around the world and travel, yeah. you know, um, luckily we got to, I got to squeeze one last one in just before the madness hit. Uh, I was on a tour, uh, with this band called East Adam. And um, we did a tour right uh, in January, ended February of last year. So we ended at the end of February. So we were just like, just ahead of whatever was hitting all around the world, you know, and and our country. So we got very lucky. I didn't get sick. Yeah, that's good, uh, that's good. I think the bass player did catch something towards the end of that tour. He got really, really sick. He got pneumonia. Thankfully, he recovered. You know, that's good. Unlike you know, there's been a lot of a lot of casualties. It's just yeah, it's an it's unfortunate great. thing, man. It's uh, it's. <clears throat> I, I never imagined us going through anything like this. I, I think nobody wants to imagine any uh, going through anything like this. But uh, we're we're through it, man. We're already a year into it, and uh, all we can do <laughs> is just just try to do the best we can to take care of ourselves we don't know when it's going to be over too and i i I don't even think about that i I try not to think about when this thing will or you know whatever i hear you man i i'm in the same boat like it's just 
sometimes it's it's daunting because you don't know you know because it's not just up to you it's up to everyone collectively we all have to do what's right yeah and there's people who believe whatever they want to believe you know and it's not helping the situation you know when i remember this first uh ended up coming to light that this was going on around the world and everything and, and all the like just all the statistics and everything that was going on. Like if you're sitting at a chessboard and these are all the pieces that you have, you know, you know the move that you gotta make in order to save and 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 not lose the game. You know, and sadly, I thought that move was for everybody just to lock up. Seriously, like just lock up for a month and a half. I mean, you figure like if this takes about two weeks for people to fight, figure out if they're sick or not, you know, because sometimes you can get it and not even know if you're going to catch it. And then you get sick and you're sick for about two weeks. You know, you figure you give it about a month and a half of everybody seriously isolating, like no excuses of you got to go out or whatever. Like, you know, and it sounds drastic, but when you're yeah. sitting at the chessboard, like that's the move that's going to win you the game, yeah. you know? And if you do any other move, you're going to, you're going to lose some pieces. You might win the game eventually, you know, but you're going to lose a lot of pieces in the process. And here we are. We've lost a lot of pieces. And, and this is not a game. This is not a game, man. Life is not a game. And we lost, in my family alone, I know we lost, I believe, four people already wow, because sorry, of man. COVID. I mean, they had uh, pre-existing conditions and everything. But uh, still, it's just, it's sad. I mean, it, it, this stuff, it's like, a, it's like a brush fire, man. It just spreads. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. So dealing with that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with, with, you know, my, I mean, not on top of everything that I've been dealing with as far as like my dream and, and what I wanted to do with my life as far as like having a career in music. When I first had that, like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, it was a whole different world that existed, you know, the music industry was completely different. Yeah. You had MTV, you know, this is before internet, you yeah, know, yeah. and it was just, it was different. It was a whole different world. And then that just started changing and it was distorting into this whole different thing as I'm finally able to kind of get myself in there. And once I was in there, you know, and I remember my first tour, I, uh, I was on tour with this, you know, with a couple of vans and one of the guys in the vans, I remember him saying how he had to go back after the tour and like do this job where he was like a door to door salesman. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Like, but you're in a touring band. Like you got to go back to that job. He's like, yeah, man, like we don't make money doing this. And I started realizing like the reality of everything, you know, and it's, it, it's kind of crushes your dreams, but when you do it for the love of it as an artist, you do it because it's just who you are. You, you can't, that's your way of expression. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel more at ease expressing myself with my guitar than, than having a conversation and using my words. Yeah, no, I, I, I know your demeanor. You have a very like peaceful, quiet demeanor, which is great, which is great. And then obviously when you're playing guitar, I mean, I don't have to tell you how incredibly, I don't know, you're, you're just, you're something else. I mean, I play guitar and, uh, but on a very like minuscule level, compared to you but then again you've been doing this 
forever. You when you were born playing guitar, and then and then you your dedication, your discipline, uh, compared to like my martial arts training when I was a kid. You know, my my discipline uh, from four years old to to nineteen years old, it was unbreakable. You know, all I all I did was lived and breathed and dreamed martial arts because I loved it, and I still do. I, I don't train like I used to, of course. I just right. train kind of to keep myself healthy as best as I can and try not to put on too much weight, et cetera. But um, back then it was a, it was on another platform and, and that's how I see your guitaring. Like your guitaring is just, when I see you playing on stage and stuff, man, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's like, you you don't even look at the guitar. It's just like, you're just out there and you're just doing something that I can't imagine ever doing. So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. And uh, I think with uh, what's going on with this whole thing and the pandemic and stuff and, uh, it, it, it is kind of scary to see where we're going to end up in the future. I, I mean, I don't really see it going back to a very, the way we used to do it. You know, I, I see it obviously with precautions and things going on and still breaking people in, in distances and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. No more, no more Woodstock, huh? No more Woodstock. <laughs> you know, not for a while. I got <laughs> lucky. I got to pull that one off, you know, before nice. every, Yeah. Nice, man. That's awesome, man. Uh, I was listening to uh, you played. You played in in a band called Inner Circle, right? Yeah, I was touring with them for about a year and a half. Yeah, I was listening them to uh, them to. I was listening to them today on the treadmill, and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, man, it's crazy because like Ron, he's playing. You know, he played with Inner Circle, but then you played with. Uh, let's say you played with Soil Work, right? Did you play with Soil Work? Yeah, I did a couple of tours of Soil Work. Yeah, you, I mean, you've, you've gone from like a reggae style to, to, to a heavy metal style. I mean, your, your diversity in playing guitar, it's, it's something else. Is that something that you always wanted? You always wanted to be able to have that long? Because a lot of people like to stick to one thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. I, I guess my ADHD kind of <laughs> has me all over the place. Plus, I, I grew up in a very musical home. My dad yeah. was a musician. He was a song musician, but he also, like, I remember going through the, his record collection when I was a little kid, like, mm-hmm. very, very little, like, probably two, three years old. Yeah. And just, like, flipping through and being, like, just so amazed at, like, the artwork on the on the records. And that was pretty much what drew me into, like, wanting to listen to it, you know, yeah. at that age, you know, mm-hmm. aside from just liking what my parents were listening to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I remember listening to stuff like uh, Herbie Hancock, uh, Headhunters, and, like, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bold is Love. You know, those are records that my dad had. You know, he was yeah. really into jazz and yeah. funk, and my mom was into disco, and of course the Latin music. And I grew up kind of with that background. And then, you know, growing up a child of the '80s, you know, you're exposed to like really awesome pop music. Yeah. And yeah. then being a teenager in the '90s, uh, grunge, you know, and just yeah. everything that happened, like you know, even like before grunge, just the the hard rock movement, you know, yeah, yeah, out of LA, and and just I don't know, just I've always just really appreciated music. I just was always drawn to it, I guess, because it was always around, and I found a, I just understood the language, you know, yeah. and I feel yeah. like music is the language, yeah, and I feel like a certain style is like. It's like a, it's like a different like dialect of, of the, the, you know, the bigger language, you know? And yeah. so like, as an artist, you know, like every, every style of music um, expresses like a certain emotion, you know, a certain range of human emotion, 
you know, you get the blues, which is like sometimes sad, you know, and you get music, which is like heavy and aggressive and it makes you feel a certain way, you know? So, you know, as an, you know, and they're all like different colors on a palette, you know, for an artist, you know, visually. So yeah. why would you want to limit yourself to the amount of colors you have on your palette? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like drawing inspiration from Bruce Lee, you know, like being able to flow and, and, and adapt to any, any situation you find yourself in. And for me, that's musically, you know, I, uh, every region in the world has like a different flavor of music. It's like a different spice, spice rack, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So if you want to uh... cook, you want a lot of spices, right? <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole diversity thing, man, it just, it plays out in so many ways. I think, uh, it's, it, I've always seen it as an important element to have in life is to be as diverse as possible. You know, you don't want to closet mind yourself into like one angle and that's it. This is all I know. And music, just like mathematics, it's a universal language. I mean, no matter where you are in the world, uh, it, it, one plus one equals two, you know, and music is the same way. A song can have a certain harmony and melody, a certain note. But that, that, I just yeah. died. There's, there's math in the music too. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> of time you know and you're learning how to divide time in itself rhythm which is like one of the most main fundamentals of music you know it's yeah. pretty much like the roots yeah. of how it started was just like rhythm and primal like drumming and you know so yeah when you get up on stage like uh or when you when you used to get up on stage before this happened <laughs> uh, <did> I, <laughs> which I hope you will again soon, man. I, I hope you're out there because you belong. That's where you belong. I mean, you belong traveling with your guitar and playing music. And I mean, that's your thing. But um, can you like describe to me and to whoever actually ends up listening to any of this? Like, can you describe what it's like? Because I, I, I grew up playing music and, and I'll be honest, I like I, I played music as a kid because my mom was a singer. She was a professional, but she sang. My, my grandfather played uh, Spanish guitar, so it was my brother, you know, my brother, he played piano, so I always liked music. Now, I don't think to, to that passionate level that you have, because you were, you're just like all about it, but um, I always had an interest in it, and I, you know, and I, I messed around in bands when I was growing up as a kid, because again, growing up in the 90s, which I think it were, was the best time for music, you know, right. and that feeling that you had, like it was, you know, if you want to be heard, you have to take your demo tape to that particular place so they can listen to it and tell you if you suck or if you're okay and we'll fit you in at one in the morning. I loved all that. I love that challenge. So it was cool to be a part of that. But um, yeah. I never experienced, you know, I've never experienced like getting up on a real stage. I mean, I played in little pubs and stuff, but I never experienced what you did. So can you describe what it's like to get up on stage in front of all of these people? I mean, <clears throat> it must be like overwhelmingly like joyous, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't know, for me, nerve wracking. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I've never felt stage fright for me. And there's a sensation of, of home, you know, when I'm, when I'm there in that moment, there's this picture that my mom had taken of me when, um, at this festival called the Cayocho that we had yeah. down here. Yeah, but it was one of the first ones that my dad's band was was playing at the festival, and I guess during his set, you know, there was like a, a tiny like acoustic guitar, and I, for some reason, decided to g 
grab the guitar and go up on stage and stand up at the front of the stage and act like I was, you know, I was strumming the acoustic guitar with my thumb and I was acting like I was part of the band playing. Yeah, yeah. And I really wasn't, like, nobody can hear me, but I was just there in that moment. And I, I really think that that moment, like, planted a seed in my mind, you know. I must have been probably about four or five years old. So it wasn't like, you know, I thought about that every day. But I think later on, it was something that I was like, once I finally got there, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 this is it for sure. That's it, yeah. 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 So it it, it feels amazing, you know, especially when you're getting that kind of energy back from the crowd. Because it's, 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 a, it's a symbiosis, you know, it's like a give and take, you know, you're giving and the audience is giving you back. And, you know, it just creates this whole thing and it's just, it's exhilarating, you know, and I bet it's amazing. And sometimes it, it just like, it goes by like a blur, you know, you get up there and you're ready to go on stage, you know, you're checking everything, you make sure you pee before you go on stage, you're not like dying. <laughs> that's, that's a very important one. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, it just feels like you strum the first chord and a couple things happen. It's a blur of like, ah, you know, that's crazy crazy and and then it's over and then you're packing up and you're like damn that's it (laughs) you always like want to go on the ride again you know yeah it's like a roller coaster it's like a roller coaster yeah it's it's but i'm sure you get the same thing when you're performing like when you're doing a form and you know that form and you're like you own that form you know and it's just part of you like you don't even have to think about doing it you're just now you're not thinking about every position you know and, and every stance and making sure everything's proper now you're just in character and you're really like personifying that you're bringing life to that form yeah. it's not just a set of moves yeah so I, it's it's like that you and know? with forms with with forms you're talking about martial arts forms right right martial my martial arts forms um yeah yeah uh, but but for me it was more like uh well you you trained under my brother as well so you understand how it was just the the constant drills every day like drill after drill after drill until everything becomes a uh, muscle memory and yeah. you don't you're not even thinking about it anymore so yeah i, I kind of relate in that sense i i miss that training so bad we you all have, do. like we all like do. big time and i mean the way we used to train like back in the day like at the old school you know I, just I, sparring yeah every, almost every day and i had that discussion was, with uh i don't know if you remember uh he used to train at the old school too, Adrian. I don't know if you remember Adrian. He used to spar with us. He was there tall? when you were tall guy, really good yeah. guy. He, he still trains people now. He still does this thing. But uh, we talked about it briefly and he was just telling me the same thing, how much he missed that particular training. And I told him, you know, uh, I think that, I that was- sparring with him. Was he kind of skinny? Yeah. Yeah, they throw? Long legs, yeah, yeah. Dude, okay, funny story. I remember sparring, we were sparring like, one time in class and he kept coming at me with like the same kick right and like i remember i kept seeing it and he's like yeah you know, i'd like block it right and he kind of you know opened you know the set with like the same you know roundhouse kick coming yeah. at me and then like he did that three times and i was like okay so i like <laughs> he did it again the fourth time and then, <laughs> he's he's talented man he he kicked he kicked my ass a couple of times too yeah and um, i caught him and i was like dude you gotta stop doing that but yeah man i hope he's doing awesome he is he's doing all right man he's he's holding it together man. and he, he's actually one of the few people that has continued you know the martial arts career so he's still training oh, yeah. people he's still teach. he's got it in him man and uh, uh again I'll, I'll give a little content to anyone listening um 
Ronnie and I uh, trained at the same martial arts school, my brother's martial arts school in Miami Gardens. And uh, that's what we're talking about. We, we both share that love for martial arts and Shaolin Kung Fu. And uh, we're just kind of like reminiscing about uh, our times getting beat up, <laughs> but, but loving it. Like we just loved it. And, and you know what? It was, a, it was a very good group of people. It yeah. was a very positive atmosphere. I, I mean, there's, that's, that's such an important thing is are, are the people that are, that participate, they bring a very, they bring good energy, even though they want to train and, and, and hit yeah. hard, but they bring right. good energy, you know, and that, yeah. that's what no, we just trying to hurt anybody. So that, exactly. That was exactly. a good thing. That was a great thing. Yeah, that was, but we, I, I talked to him about that. We missed it. We, we definitely missed that kind of training, that kind of yeah. uh, ambience around us. Intensive. There was, was a real. Yeah. yeah. No one left after the class was over. Nobody left. Like we no, wanted to keep going. I would do two classes a day, three yeah. if I could, if yeah. there were, you know, yeah. if they were offering three classes. <laughs> I loved it. It was like, I was addicted to it for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a good thing to be addicted to. It, so. it, it, you know, uh, like with my kids, you know, they, they, they do see what the new school is like, which is very different from the old school. Um, because we, we're in different times, you know, so yeah. we have to accommodate and adapt, you know, <laughs> exactly. But uh, with my kids, there are times where I'm just like, I, I want to tell them about how it was, you know, but I don't think they'll relate because you ha I think you have to be there. Like anything else, you had to be there to really understand that, that feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's good though, man. That's how we met, right? We met at the academy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were youngin', man. Yeah, this was like 60 years ago or something like that. <laughs> 60, yeah, right? <laughs> 20, no, I think it was 25, what, 1999 and 98? Yeah, 98, 99. 98, 99, man. Yeah. Yeah. High school Nuts. times, man. Nuts. And now we're here. Now we're here, man. We're still moving. At, at least we're still here. At least you know, we're still here, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I always try to remind myself, no matter what I'm dealing with and how tough things get, and uh, and I and I mean I go through. I, I, honestly, Ronnie, like I'm that guy that's hit rock bottom more times than I can count. But I keep telling myself, look, you know, you're alive. You got to keep moving, bro. Like, doesn't matter what's going on. Like, you you, you know, pick yourself up. You know, I'm, you know, and uh, I'm not trying to sound corny, but the truth is like. You know, if you if you have a chance to to redo something, or if you have uh, the opportunity to to push forward, man, push forward. You know, you got to keep pushing forward, man. That's all we got. All we got is time. It's what we're gonna do with that time. You know. Right. That's the most valuable currency we got. Exactly. Exactly. Because we don't get it. We back. don't get that back. No. We don't get no. it back. Exactly. We don't so get you it don't back. Don't want to realize that when you're almost like, you know, when you got a couple pennies of time left. Exactly. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's. That's why, like, I overwhelm myself with so many things, you know? Like, my plate is always full, and I'm always trying new things. <clears throat> and uh, whether they work out or they don't work out, I'm just glad that I had a chance to do it, experience it, and learn from it. Mm -hmm. you know? That's it for me, you know? That's why I'm where I am. Hell yeah, dude. So what have you been doing with your time, you know? You've got uh, a lot time now huh yeah i uh i got into healthcare i started uh originally i started in occupational therapy school and then um i decided to continue at uh, nova southeastern university and um i ended up with uh, a bachelor's in health science 
but right now I just started, I just got a really good position. Uh, I'm very lucky, you know, uh, I got this position at Memorial Hospital. Um, I decided to like really just, uh, you know, use my time to help others. I want to help as best I can. And uh, what better way, one more direct way than to do it, you know, through the hospital. And I met them yesterday, actually. I posted that picture. I met them yesterday and they're just wonderful people, man. They're wonderful people. And uh, uh, my training begins next week and uh, we go from there and see what happens. And uh, well, figure it out. Con and congrats on your new journey. Thanks. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a new journey. Exactly. It's exactly how I, I, I You're fighting direction, you know, throughout yeah. the madness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, it's, mm -hmm. it's like we're all dealing with this fog that we kind of got to navigate through and, and find something you know some way of, out of it you know what about you like what's your uh what's your navigation out of this <laughs> out, of, out of this haze um damn uh well yeah it's since i can't really work anymore you know and my income has been frozen still because uh can't tour and that was pretty much how I was making my living mm -hmm. uh, I, I started kind of you know the whole pandemic hit and my brother had mentioned something about like sometime in like May he started mentioning something about Robin Hood and like investing in stocks and like I was collecting unemployment you know yeah. and I had some cash and I kind of started you know dabbling with that investing in some stocks and everything and like researching, you know, I love to learn. So I'm constantly like researching, you know, 24 seven. So I was, I was watching videos on YouTube, you know, like crazy on stocks mm -hmm. and learning where to put my money in, what to invest in. But it was just like horrible, you know, it, it, it was, it was bad, you know, like you, you were lucky if you were lucky, but if you didn't get out quick, you would, you know, you would lose money and, and stuff was just crashing all over the place. You know, yeah. it was not doing good. You know, yeah. if prices of stuff was going up, it was not, there were no fundamentals why the prices were, you know, were, were skyrocketing, you know? So a lot of people lost money mm -hmm. and I saw that it was really not going anywhere, but throughout the noise of YouTube and watching all these videos, I kept seeing in my peripheral, like suggestions for videos on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and then talking about the having Bitcoin and all this stuff. And I finally clicked and opened up the rabbit, you know, the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. Box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pandora's box is open, and you know, I, I dove into the world of crypto, and the more and more I, I started researching and, and educating myself, the more I started realizing that it was inevitable, and it, it's. I think everybody needs to wake up to it. Like the sooner you wake up to it, the better it is going to be for you, and 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 you're your family your kids your kids kids you know and it's just it I, I seriously think it's the direction that the world is heading into you know blockchain technology is changing the world the same way the internet did um and a lot of people were skeptical of the internet when that was hidden yeah so um you know i invested money and and <clears throat> it's been it's been going pretty good you know bitcoin's been good. going up other cryptocurrencies are also skyrocketing you know but it's also because of these cycles that tend to happen and yeah in bitcoin's price history and the charts and you know a lot of, a lot of a lot of technical stuff that that's probably a topic for another video because <laughs> i could talk on that forever <laughs>
<laughs> that's awesome, man. Seriously, yeah. Seriously. yeah, you got me that's, like No, no, but that's what I've been like yeah. investing my 24-7. And I, I mean, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll yeah, play guitar. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll come up with, yeah, I'm still creating music, but I've been just really focusing on that. And um, yeah, it's, I'm glad I did. Good. I went, no, that's good, man. That's good. That's really good. You seem to have like a a, a, a a very good like grasp on it. You know, like that's good. It's been a year almost of really like research and yeah, like what I'm talking about that kind of Shaolin training. Yeah, you know, I, I apply that towards everything in life. You know, so it, I'm constantly watching videos and educate myself and you know doing my own research. You know. Have you noticed, have you noticed the going to that Shaolin comment you made? Have you noticed like, uh, always, always uh, using that as a reference point? Have you like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Sure. I've done that, especially with school with like studying and stuff. You know, I, I'm 40 years old this year now. So like when I started back up in school, I think I was 37 or something. And, uh, a lot of people in my class, they were in their twenties, you know, they're like, wow, well, you're back in school and you know, you're going for a new career, et cetera. And I'm like, man, this is going to be tough, man. You know, because I have kids, I have bills, I have to work. I, you know, I have so many responsibilities. I mean, I was working three jobs at one point. Like I was, I, there's no way I can just fall back on anything. So I used to you say the same thing. I got to use that Shaolin. <laughs> I got to use that Shaolin mentality. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that focus, you know? <laughs> Come on, Dan. Keep going. <laughs> One more, more, kick, kick, kick. Kick, punch. Tell the mic. I think I, I, I'm going to talk. If this goes anywhere, I'm going to talk to him and see if he wants to do something on it. And then maybe have him like really talk about, because, you know, he was all of our seafoods, our masters. That's what uh, mm -hmm. in Kung Fu we call our, our master seafood. And, uh, and uh, I, I would always, I always wanted to know what was in his head as he was like beating the right. out of us. Like, what were you thinking? It's probably the same thing all of us were thinking, but just on the other side, he was the guy with the long beard, <laughs> you know, telling us he's he's Sifu master, you know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was it was the best when I finally got to attend school. It, I felt like I was fulfilling a, li a lifelong dream because ever since I was a kid, I remember I used to like wish that my parents would send me away to the Shaolin Temple to go oh, train. Yeah. Yeah. like become like you know like a jet leader jacket. i hope to do that one day i too. wanted yeah. to do that as a kid and just like be sent away like i wanted that <laughs> i don't know why but i wanted that you know <laughs> so and i i don't know i just always like my mom was like my drill sergeant growing up you know she was very very strict with me and yeah. she feels bad about that you know now and yeah, you yeah. know she always apologize and i'm like no thank you thank yeah. you so much because my mom used to erase my homework like over and over if my handwriting was sloppy and, and I'd have to, I remember falling asleep at the kitchen table because I was just drained from having to redo my homework because the handwriting was not neat enough, you know, and, and I always had to be like a straight A student. So that kind of discipline, I don't know, just extended into my adolescence. So when I started playing guitar, like I was my own drill sergeant. Nobody was telling me to, to pick it up and, and go practice. You know, I just, I practiced like crazy because I figured that's just, that's how you get good, you know? And mm -hmm. I remember reading in a magazine, uh, one of my heroes, Steve I had like this 10 hour guitar workout, you know, and like all these exercises that you had to drill and you had to practice for 10 hours, you know, in order to get this good. So I did, you know, I, <laughs> 
every day, you know, but it's because I wanted to. And I, you wanted it, yeah. yeah. I, I, I found so much joy and escape in listening and, and being able to, to understand and, and embrace and, you know, and be able to execute, you know, what my heroes are doing. Yeah. I, I didn't, uh, the first part of my life in martial arts, <clears throat> being that I'm the, the younger brother of Arsifu, like the first <clears throat> part I was like, uh, I didn't, I hated it, you know, because uh, I knew, okay, I'm going to get home from school, do my homework, get yelled at for something, go do my chores, eat dinner, and then I'm expected to go outside and train on the street because we had no academy when I was a kid. And then I'd, I'd be outside and my brother would just show up and be like, all right, do a horse dance. And I'll, I'll do the horse dance. Uh, horse dance, again, a little content. Horse dance is like a, like a squat stance, but a very low squat stance with your back like straight, uh, not, uh, I guess perpendicular to the floor, correct? And uh, your feet had to be like flat and then your heels down and your, and your back and everything arched. It was super intense. And then I would do a horse dance and then he would be like, that's not Mabu? Is it called, is it Mabu? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't used any of that terminology in forever, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how you remember that. Yeah. And he, and he would just it be like, sounds like my boo. My boo. My boo. It like, yeah. It sounds like my boo. That's what I remember, you know? <laughs> and he would just be like, that, that's not a good horse dance. Practice your horse dance. And he would walk away. That was it. That, that was it. That was my training. And then I would have to, I would have to stay there and just practice that, you know, that was it. And I had a very, I'm lucky. I feel lucky now. I had a very traditional training system i didn't receive a belt until i started at four i didn't receive a belt till i was 16 17 years old you know like i had a i had a very different type of training system where my my parents were were like all right take them wherever you have to take them and do whatever you have to do with them don't tell us about it you know it's a very old school mentality <laughs> even right. if you come home like you know holding on to your your arm and you're like oh my god that was horrible they won't ask questions they're like all right did you make it okay good you know that was it but um I, didn't, I, I really didn't like it until I turned uh, a black belt, until I, became, until I was 16 when I became a black belt. Because then I saw, what, I saw the transition there. And from 16 to 20, those four years, I really saw myself flying through things. And I was like, holy crap, like, I can't believe I can do all of these things. I can jump this right. high. I can yeah. do this flip. I can, I can do these kicks. And it was a tremendous thing. And I'm very grateful for it. I, I, I truly am. I truly Hell am. Yeah. So yeah i'm grateful i was able to experience that yeah. that world you know with you guys because it, it did it it added to that that i you know already had grown up with and to finally be there at yeah. the academy the shaolin <laughs> academy you know was like was i'm telling you I, I was loving the pain and i still love the pain good <laughs> <laughs> we're such sadists or is it sadists or masochists we're one of those masochists is a masochist we're, we're such masochists i think are the ones that like to give the pain so yeah. i guess your, your oh. brother's a big one <laughs> he's the other one we're like give it to us man give it to <laughs> um in uh when i was doing uh when i was in ot school uh, they had me go to like different clinics to like work, you know, you kind of do this school work thing, whatever. And uh, which was really cool. I got to see the, the behind the scenes of, of therapy, which is awesome. I think it's super cool. Um, I, I really watched uh, like the therapist working with people with like carpal tunnel, you know, people who had surgery, carpal tunnel surgery. Now this is something that happened to you, right? I, 
Yeah, I had a, a cyst in my wrist. I had a ganglion cyst. It wasn't carpal tunnel, but it, it's still nonetheless wrist surgery. Wrist surgery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, I'm, I assume, really affected your guitar playing. Right? I couldn't play for... That was probably like the break that I had to take mm -hmm. after my surgery. That was the longest I had been without playing since I had begun back when I was like 14 that I had really started taking it serious. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I couldn't play for about two months, you know, like really play, you know, oh. and, and, and not, it was just. How was it mentally? Start, like, yeah. Yeah. You, you get depressed and you start thinking, you know, all kinds of bad stuff, especially if you're a hypochondriac. Uh, you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot to deal with and I had to like, you know, go, go through like physical therapy and yeah. you know, get the flexibility back in my hand. And even still to this day, like going back to Kung Fu, I, there are certain things that I, I couldn't do. Like, I, you know, you're limited, you know, and, and that, that sucks, you know, and then, but you learn to live with it, you know, yeah. you just like. As you, as you age, you learn to live with other things and other body parts that start giving out on you. And, and mm -hmm. you just like, damn it, man. I don't remember it hurting just sleeping. You know, like I, I hurt myself sleeping. What's up with that? <laughs> I, <laughs> I totally up my back is all messed up. <laughs> I totally regret. I used to make fun of my, my uncles when I was young. You know, I'd be like, man, I don't know why you guys are like out of shape and you, you're sore all the time, you know, and they were like in their forties. And I, you know, I was a kid. I was like, oh, don't worry. When I'm your age, I'm going to be like that. And now like there are times where my daughter helps me out of bed because I'm just like, oh, you know, like I can feel my back or I can feel my legs, especially since I'm exercising again. So I'm running again and I'm training again, trying to, you know, better my, my health and, and I can feel it. And it's the recovery time is insane because you really need time to recover like i need time to Big sit time. down and stretch because i can feel everything now yeah i can't bounce from it anymore you know how, how are your rotator because have you like flown them yet because i know both of mine are <laughs> yeah i will this this is the, the smallest <laughs> thing just reaching over and you're like ah <laughs> yeah yeah this one i haven't popped uh I, I used to pop my shoulder all the time when i used to the boxing when we used to do boxing stuff but uh, i haven't done it but i can feel it you know there are times where i wake up and i slept on my shoulder and literally i can't I have to bring that arm back. I have to scratch. I have to bring it back. And, and it's like, holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is being old, man. Yeah. And <laughs> that's yeah. when you realize the importance of, of stretching and being flexible and it's having right, yeah. a, a slender and limber, you know, physique in your yeah. body. You know, yeah. you got to stay limber because if not, it's almost like your muscles start to calcify and you stop losing the elasticity you know, and then you start tearing stuff and hurting yourself. Right. There's a, there's a place that I just started going to and I've, I, I'm so happy that I found it. And it's, it's right around my house. It's, um, it's called uh, Hotworks, And uh, basically it's, uh, it's like a private facility where uh, it's 24 seven and in each the rooms are like little saunas and uh, you can, and they're infrared uh, heated. So you raise the degrees to 125 degrees, for example, and they have different, they have variety of classes like uh, isometric classes or, or Pilates classes, or even like uh, biking classes, you know, like spinning classes. 
And I've been doing that. And I would go in there and I would open the mat. I'd put up the, the, the temperature and I would just sit and stretch and I'll do, and it's on a screen. Like the, the, the training is done on a flat screen, you know, because of, I guess not only because of the pandemic, but this is part of the, the whole system of hot works. And they're really cool, man. And uh, it's helped me a lot. I would go in there, I would sweat, I would do some meditation. I would, I would stretch my legs, stretch my arms, stretch my back. And honestly, I've been at it for what, four weeks or something like that. And it's helped me a lot. Not just, not just like losing a little bit of weight. I mean, I dropped a few pounds, but I can feel myself touching my toes again. Like I can reach down and touch my toes without, you know, thinking I'm going to pass out <laughs> because, wow. because of my back or something, you know, or whatever. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's been very beneficial. I really like this place. It's a really cool. And the people are re really nice, nice people. So yeah, awesome. Well, it's great that you're able to, to get yourself some, some kind of therapy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like self therapy, I think. Yeah. Self -therapy. But I grew up doing physical therapy because back in the training days, I used to get hurt all the time. So, yeah. I mean, you got no choice. <laughs> so, so was, that's how, that's how I got influenced into like joining the healthcare system. I'm like, man, these people used to help me out. Let me help somebody out. Like, yeah, that's how I became a doctor. You know, my grandpa used to cut his leg off all the time. I had to sew it back together. <laughs> so aside from, you know, everything else, man, like what are you doing as far as like for you, you know, to pass the time? Like what are you, what are you into now, man? It's crypto. Just crypto? Straight of crypto? Crypto. 24-7. That's all I'm doing. I barely sleep. I haven't slept yet. Like, well, you got to sleep. I you can't. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, last night, I haven't slept. I've been up all night. I've been watching these charts. Uh, it looks like it's, you know, making some moves. I'm in some trades, nice. um, you know, nice, making man. some. So it's just, it feels like I've been, you know, waiting like a sniper, you know, just waiting. <laughs> Bam! So you can shoot. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> It's a nice analogy. Like, somebody, but you know, like if you yeah. were a sniper yeah, yeah, and yeah. you had to wait for your target, yes, you got to yes. wait for the right time, you know, so that then you can pull the trigger and make, you know, make the moves happen. So that's, that's what it's like, man, with these, you know, with these trades, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta jump on them at the right time so that then, you, you know, you could make some money and be profitable and not lose. No, of know. course. Of course. You don't want to be on the losing end. So. So it's a lot of watching the charts and studying them and seeing what's happening and seeing what could possibly happen. And, um, you know, thankfully there's some really good YouTubers that you can watch that really help you, you know, with being able to make those kinds of moves, you know, they have a really good grasp on, on technical analysis and being able to watch these charts and, and like determine or give you a heads up, like, Hey, this is about to happen. Like, you know, so, <clears throat> that way people are ready you know to make their moves it's crazy uh how youtube has become like such a worldwide instructional platform you know like anything you need to, you need to learn just youtube it okay i need to learn how to you know put oil in my car and youtube it i need to unscrew this thing just youtube it it's crazy, everything man. you know youtube is what helped me get my foot in the door i mean i was i was playing with a couple artists you know locally and 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 kind of touring but it wasn't really touring it was just mm -hmm. like you'd leave for a weekend and have a couple gigs in like a different state or two if you were lucky you know but it wasn't until um i had won uh a steve light contest online yeah you know it I was a that. video that i had on youtube so i mean youtube has changed the lives of 
tons of people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's, I actually wanted, I'm glad you, you talked about that because I was going to go into that. Um, how you went from, you know, being, and this is obviously years ago, how you went from, you know, being a local musician to playing in bands around the world. Like you just talked about being seen through the Steve Vai contest, right? Yeah. And then, that kind of got the ball rolling, you mm -hmm. know, like for real, for real. Yeah. I started getting contacted from a couple of bands that needed a guitar player for tour. And I did one and one that to another and it just kind of kept going, you know, from there. Is it like, uh, is, is it like a hired, like a hired gun? Like, you know, like, uh, they're just like, we need a guitar player. You yeah. Know, that's how, coming. that's how most of what I've done has been, you know, I've, I've really, you know, been a hired gun for the majority of my touring career. That's you cool, know, man. Touring for different bands. And then I remember thinking, you know, watching again, how bands were struggling, you know, even though they were touring, you know, they yeah. go back home and they didn't really have like security, financial security. You know? And I'm thinking, how can you have financial security as a musician? You know, like, what do I have to do? Like, I need a gig with like, someone huge you know like an a, like a pop artist or something you know i remember watching pink and seeing her guitar player was like a rocket it's kind of justin derrico yeah and, and you know he's a, you can shred you know he, you can tell he can he can play his guitar you know he really studies and he's he's into rock music so he brings that rock element to her live show you yeah. know and i'm that's the gig that i need you know so uh luckily through my prior experience of playing in like a a reggae hybrid band, which is like mixed with like reggae rock, dubstep, you know, jungle, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that whole electronic movement. Um, I was, I had my foot in the reggae community and the reggae world. And then I started playing with a local band. And then uh, I ended up getting asked by Stephen Marley to, uh, to do a tour with him, which was like right before I was, uh, I was still training at Shaolin, like right before that happened. And that's yeah. pretty much why I had to stop training at Shaolin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was because I went on, show, on tour with Stephen Marley. I did a tour with him, which is amazing. I remember nights on stage. I would close my eyes and, and it almost felt like I was on stage with, with Bob himself. You know, that's awesome. They, they sound so much alike. Yeah. But, I mean, Stephen's great in his own right. You know, so it was always an honor to, to be part of that, you know. That's and awesome. that was that was a cool learning experience and a great tour. And then, uh, like, I came off of that tour, and a month later, I got asked by uh, <clears throat> by Shaggy, Mister. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I know who that is. Uh, and I I ended up touring with him for about a year and a half, and that's how I ended up getting to play uh, at Woodstock in that's Europe. That's crazy. It was that was that I have a. The picture that they took of the band, like after our show, like we took a picture, you know, with the audience behind us, and I had that picture above my computer. I see it every day, and just the expression on my face, it was like I finally made it to the top of Mount Everest, you know, which almost felt like the peak, you know, like I've. That's awesome. I don't think I've ever, definitely have not played a show that big, like in front yeah. of that many people. Yeah. There was about seven hundred fifty thousand people at that show. That's crazy, but and you were like, was it, was that intimidating for you? At least was going, you you were just like, this is what I do, and this is this is it, man. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I, I think I would have probably thrown up or something. The only thing I was a little apprehensive about was because cause we got to the festival early that day. And, you know, we're hanging out and I'm walking around. I'm watching the people flood in. I'm watching all the other bands. And there's a lot of rock bands, you know, a lot of like. And then they, right before us, they had uh, this band called Black Label Society, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is Zach Wilde's band. You know, Zach Wilde, the guitar player from Ozzy Osbourne. So this yeah. is a really hard rock band, which went on right before us, you know. And they had, the audience had nothing but rock and roll music all day long. And I remember thinking, like, I hope they don't boo us off stage. Because <laughs> you know? we're definitely not rock, you know. Right, it's right. this pop reggae thing, you know. But no, the, the crowd was awesome. You know, I, I remember people were, like, actually moshing while we were playing Angel. You know that song, Angel? No, no, I don't know that song. The girl, you're my angel. Oh, you're yeah, my... yeah. Okay, now I know it. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. <laughs> is that, isn't that crazy? popular. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah people were moshing yeah. while we were playing that song which That's is crazy, nuts. man. oh my god man I, I i couldn't i don't know i don't know i think i saw that picture on your instagram right i think you have it on your instagram because i was yeah. scrolling through yeah and i think i saw that picture where uh it's the camera's facing like the whole stage and you guys are like turned around and you had your backs to the audience and the audience is all behind you that's the one and you kind of yeah. like i think you were kneeling down or something yeah i'm looking yeah. up yeah, yeah, yeah. You had your hands up. Thanking the universe for... For all of that. It's magical, that, yeah. man. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those it's, things, yeah. It's crazy. Like, people don't understand how powerful the mind is. You know? Your thoughts. What you focus your thoughts on, you. You yeah. become, manifest that. Yeah. And it, people spend so so much time on on the on the unhealthy thoughts, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. and feeding their, their bodies, you know, that, you know, it's toxic to, to even just thinking really messed up. And I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I can get in those really bad funks, you oh, know, yeah. we all do. We all do. And you, and you gotta, you gotta get yourself out of it because you're only hurting yourself. It happens all the time. man. There, there are times where I'm just like, so many so many moments before i got to to where i am now that i was just like i would tell myself like screw you daniel like you you failed in so many ways because yeah you suck man there's so many things that that i that i expected would happen by the time i'm 40 right by the time i turned 40 that it did not happen and and yeah it, it took it took a while and you could actually physically there was one time where my daughter, and this was a few years ago, maybe two years ago, I think, my daughter actually came up to me, you know, this is before the pandemic, uh, she came up to me uh, at, a, we were at like a, you know, one of those uh, cafeteria, not, you know, the the mall, the cafe places at the mall where you have the, the food courts, food court. So uh, we're at the food court and I'm standing in line, I think I was at Subway, I was going to get a tuna sandwich or something. And uh, she walked up to me and she goes, she goes, Papa, you always look unhappy. And I was just like, and I wasn't happy, but the fact that she called me out on it, yeah, I was just like, wow. Like, and then I looked at myself, and I'm just like, man, I, I could see it. I could see how how miserable I looked. I could see the bags under my eyes, and I could see my facial expression. And I'm yeah. like, and it's because I let a lot of things get into my head, including myself. You know, I'm guilty of it myself too. You know, like I let things get into my head. I let people's uh, opinions get into my head. I let you know uh, a lot of uh, shortcomings that happen that you know just just bury me deep 
within myself where I, I wanted to kind of stick my head in the ground and be like, okay, forget it. I'm done. You know, but then after that, uh, it, it's a slow progression and it's a lifelong progression. I mean, I'm not over it, but I continue to tell myself every day, okay, you know, whatever you screwed up on, it's over. That's it. Own up to it, learn from it and move forward and try to do better. Try to be happier. Try to, you know, you had a chance to do something else. And I remind myself that. And you know what, honestly, I, I know who I am. So I've never needed the validation from anybody. So I've always chosen different paths in my life. And a lot of times those paths may, maybe they hit a brick wall and that was it. And I was like, okay, this is over. Like the podcast, like I decided to do something because I felt this is a very positive thing. I get to talk to different people about their lives. And at the same time, I get to you know, chat with them. You know, it, it's good. It, it brings this good atmosphere. And I walk away from this and the rest of my day is based off of this conversation. And I'm like, wow, that was a great conversation with Ronnie. You know, I'm glad I caught up with this guy. You know, that's, that's what I want. That's what the podcast is. Whether it takes off or doesn't take off or, you know, or only 10 people end up getting on it or, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't, I got, I eliminated expectations from my life. I have, yeah. I have zero expectations for anything. Now I just do what I'm passionate about and that's it. That's it. Whether someone's on board or not. And it's made me happier and healthier. Yeah. Because when you have zero expectations, you decrease your chances of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, you could say that in a very like passive aggressive <laughs> But that's good. <laughs> Make that one up a sticker. <laughs> no, just put it on a bumper sticker. Someone crashes into you like, I was reading your sticker, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. So with you know, I I gotta say, man, like I'm glad I'm glad that you chose to do this with me and have yeah, this, have this conversation. And and uh as soon as I thought I of it. Conversations. Huh? I miss conversations, man. You yeah. know, it seems like nowadays they they just become extinct, you know, like yeah, communicating with people, it feels like we're still communicating with pigeons or something, you know, <laughs> in, in an era where we can communicate instantly. And it's, there's a, the, the whole, like the idea behind internet and connecting with people was supposed to bring us closer together. But I feel because of social media and I'm not trying to knock internet or social media, but because of all of that, I feel like it distances people because yep. people are so much quicker to be like, okay, this person, is irrelevant to me and I could just move forward or unfollow him or whatever. And I feel like that changed so much of the intimacy, like just having a conversation with someone. Like I, I would love to have this conversation with you in person again one day, you know, when things calm down and, uh, and we can do it in person because that's how I would prefer it, you know. But what I'm saying is that this conversation can happen whenever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can always pick up the phone and, and, and give me a call. You know, it just people don't even use the phone I've done, <laughs> I've done that. You no, get no. a phone call, people are like, yes. Yeah. I've done, from the phone. I've know, done like that. I've done that. I've called people out of the blue and, and first off, they won't pick up. Right. And second, they'll text you right away. Right they'll text back. you right away. Like, who is this? I'm like, you know who this is. <laughs> and then they'll just be like, why did you call me? Oh, just, I just want to see how you're doing. Oh, you can just text me, you know, just text me, you know? And it's just like, okay. 
you know, and uh, I don't know, it, it, it does, it, it has, I'm definitely a phone call conversation person. I'm not a text person. I don't, I used to get in a lot of trouble when I was like in relationships in the past that, you know, and, uh, and it was because I didn't, I didn't text. I didn't like to text much. You know, I just felt mm. like text messages can go either way, you know, because it can be interpreted either way. Yeah. You, know? you don't know the, the intention behind the yeah. word. Yeah. You don't know the mood behind it. You don't know what's going on. And I'm a very sarcastic person when I'm just talking to someone I know and I like to be funny or I try to be funny. So right. a lot of times it comes off like, Oh, this guy, I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to read people through just text. Through text yeah. messages. Yeah. Unless you really, really know that person, you know, and even then sometimes it can be very like, yeah. What, what did you mean by that, bro? <laughs> 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 what's your problem man <laughs> it happens it happens a lot man it happens but yeah man conversations that's that's where it should be bro that's where it should be i'm always down for them good good because i you might be the only one who's going to be on this <laughs> so we might have to just keep it going keep this cycle okay. going it could just be us talking shit and people just tune in and listen or not <laughs> whether they listen or not it doesn't matter man I kind of always imagine like uh, somebody like 50 years from now, like stumbling on this on like YouTube or something and being like, who the hell are these? Uh, two? That's know? a needle in a haystack. Can you imagine? Oh my God. I know the, the you. amount, the amount of content. Woo. Um, you like the hard drive that must like, that would take to store all of it. No, I can't. Yeah, I'm imagine, sure it's man. distributed, you know, amongst a, a, a massive network. But if you had to just put it into one hard drive, like, what? <laughs> the amount, imagine the amount of pictures uploaded every day, the amount of videos, the amount of Instagram stories, the amount of everything, every single day, every second. Like, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. All right. I want to ask you this question and, and before we go, all right, knowing what you know now, especially with media and everything. And we, we understand that there's a lot of good that came out of that. Like you said, the YouTube thing, that's how they saw you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Would you prefer it before all of it, the old way, or would you be okay with how it is now? As a musician and, and let's erase the fact that the pandemic's happened. Let's, let's, Let's go back to, you know, the preset of this. Um, no, man, I, like, I don't, I don't like to, I'm just in general, I'm not the kind of person that likes to dwell on the past because I, I, I did a lot of that, you know, growing up as a kid, especially losing a parent at such, at such a young age, you know, you kind of like, you dwell on that for, for a while, you of know, course. And, and, of course. and then uh, you learn to just kind of like accept life and just, you know, look, live in the now because you can't dwell on the past and yeah. you can't worry about the future because right. the future might not ever come for you, you know? Right. So you got to live every day like it's your last because eventually one day it will be, yeah. you know? So you got to live in the now. You're going to be in the present, you know? So I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I wouldn't change anything, you know? I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm digging surviving right now. Yeah. And that's, that's where you got to be in order to get to tomorrow. Yeah. 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 You know, and okay. yeah. it's cool. You know, things are going, 
I think despite all the bad stuff that's going on in the world, like there's other stuff that's that's going pretty great. You know, like uh, like crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. You don't even know. <laughs> I guarantee whoever's listening to this is gonna be like, all right, let's let's see what this is about, man. <laughs> they're they're probably already in it, or you know what. I think the most uh, popular thought amongst people that finally do get into crypto and see like how it can truly change your life is probably, I wish I would have done this sooner. You know, I think that's a very popular thought amongst many people um, that have realized the potential. There's massive potential brother. Seriously. Yeah. That's what it's about. Potential, man potential growing man yeah gotta keep growing yeah so i if i would have changed anything i would i would uh i would have bought bitcoin a lot sooner (laughs) (laughs) i would have bought back when it was at like a dollar (laughs) you know honestly i'm just glad i'm glad facebook wasn't around when we were training because then we we'd have all of that you know, we, we'd be able to scroll through all of that. Imagine people recording us while we were training back in the day as much as they do now. So it's like, I mean, it would be good. Like, it'd be cool to look back at those things. Because if I want to watch anything, I have to pull out the old VHS. Right. <laughs> and then find a, v, a VCR and, you know, plug it in and hope right. that the film isn't, you know, dilute or whatever it is, it's destroyed or whatever. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I, I'm glad because there were so many times where, <laughs> I was like knocked on my ass or, you know, we were just running laps around the, the what plaza was it? It's the, the Sedano's Plaza yeah. on 67. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad no one can see any of that. <laughs> I'd rather keep it up in here and store it up in here as a, as a good time. No, man, I wish, like, for instance, I, I wish, I've searched like crazy to see if there's any video of my father, you know, playing and performing you know he passed away when i was very young i was seven years old so yeah. i don't remember a lot from back then so i, I wish that there were you know yeah of course a video yeah. of course or a couple of videos of him you know performing yes. or playing or you know just awesome. something that i can that i can see you know thankfully luckily i have you know he left music so i have that you know that i can listen to yeah and, and not only remember him like in pictures, but I can, it's almost like, you know, cause with music you play it and it's almost like that person's right there. Yeah. You know, the person that created the artist, the, the musician, you know, mm-hmm. the source of the music or the sound, you know, they're almost at that moment still somewhat alive in some sense, you know? So look and- at how that. And to know that, like, uh, you, you with your own musical rights, you got up on a stage in front of a couple hundred thousand people playing guitar. Like, I mean, it, there must have been that moment, like, man, like my dad, you know, like, look where I got. Look, look, where, look, look where this has taken me, this musical path, you know, which ignited from your parents, from your dad playing music and your mom. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's yeah. it's like, a full, like a full circle, you know, like that complete circle. Exactly. It's beautiful. That was the epiphany I had when I decided I wanted to do that with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Was um 
when I realized, you know, what music meant to me in the end, that that was almost like the source of where I came from has a lot to do with music. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was totally full, full circle moment. Full circle, man. That's great. That's awesome, brother. <laughs> well, Ronnie, I guess we're about done. Oh, no. Like a turkey on Thanksgiving. Like a turkey on Thanksgiving. Brother, like, I am truly grateful that you did this. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it, means, it means everything to me. And, and, again, you were the first one I thought of when I said, I'm going to try this out. And I said, I hope he says yes, because I knew the conversation wow. would be, you know, legit. Just a little chat. A little chat. That's how I, that's how I see it, really. I'm not... Uh, I'm not in any way trying to like pry anything out of anybody when I talk to them. I just kind of want to talk to them and see what they're up to and whatever they have to talk about. That's fine. That's it. Like that's, that's it. I'm a very, uh, I don't know, whatever, like one of those, whatever, whatever they say, it's fine. Go with the flow. Flow like water. Flow like water. Flow Be like water. water. <laughs> hey, um, uh, before we go, uh, I was, uh, what's it called, man? Oh, my God, I got to watch it. Uh, talking about Bruce Lee. I saw something. I, I'm going to have to, I, I don't remember it, but I saw something about, like, some kind of documentary. It's not, I think it's rather new. It's not super new, but it's like a Bruce Lee documentary. Like Water. I think it's called Like Water or Be Water. I think, I think that's what it's called. I'll look it up and I'll text it to you later. But uh, I think that's what it's called. And it's, it's a really cool documentary that I caught most of it. I think it's called Be Water or Like Water, and you, we're both Bruce Lee fanatics. So, I, I, you know, I'll send it to you so you can check it out because it's super cool. Oh, yeah, dude. All right, brother. Send it to me. I need I, to watch other stuff other than just crypto videos all day long. <laughs> Get some sleep, though, man. Get some sleep. Uh, eventually. <laughs> you know, I'll fall asleep, like, watching the charts. <laughs> really? Yeah, seriously. That's like, nice. you yeah bro i got you <laughs> we'll have to do a whole segment on just talking about that the breakdown absolutely man that'll be a whole different uh, series you got it all right man ronnie thank you so much man as always Peace. you're my brother much love much always. love bro stay safe and uh i'll send you that i'll send you that link to uh to the documentary stay safe this is all this is where i'm at always i don't ever leave that's right <laughs> Well, I as, don't. Long, as long as you're safe, that's all that matters. All right, you man. too, bro. Take yes. care of yourself. All I'm right. Well. All right. Take, take care, brother. Later. Bye. Peace. Bye.